A quest is a search for something. And every week, the Quest podcast will show you how we know what we know through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. I'm your host, Todd Fisher. Join me in this thought-provoking and inspiring podcast of discovery. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the No Earthly Explanation podcast. I am the producer of the podcast, Todd Fisher, and with me is Don Schmidt. Welcome to the show, Don. Todd, it's a pleasure doing this with you. I've been involved with so many uh, programs in the past, and uh, the, the uh, a show would often, you know, be contingent on how good the producer was. The producer <laughs> no. who not only book the guests, but uh, you know they would serve as the referee. <laughs> but uh, they're working behind the scenes, and they don't receive the credit they should re- truly, you know, receive. And I, for one, am tipping my hat to you and for filling in in, in Brittany's absence today. And but we need to do this because of a subject very timely something that's on everyone's uh, mind right now as to what's going on with all the balloons supposedly that are you know traversing throughout you know our airspace here in the United States for sure for sure yeah you know it's funny I only really pop on to these episodes when there's a Q&A episode I seldom am involved uh, you know in any other aspect of the on-air part of this uh, but today I am filling in for Britt Barbieri. So she's off uh, on a project right now, so she can't make this episode. Uh, so I, I'd love to step in because you and I have had many of these conversations on our own privately for 26 years now or however long we've known each other. <laughs> so, somewhere <laughs> along those lines. 20, um, it is it's going on. I'm looking at a plaque on my wall that I received uh, from the very convention that we first met at, and that was Dragon Con. <laughs> ah. And so we're going on 27 years, my God. Yeah. And folks, just so you know, we're only 34 years old. So we've known That's each right. other since That's we were right. really, really little. Uh, <laughs> we were, we, as we were crawling, we were already, you know, talking sci-fi. <laughs> so, uh, we had to make a cartoon called Roswell Babies, you know? <laughs> Roswell Babies, right. Like, uh, like you have, uh, you know, you have different shows that have uh, had longtime family members and it's, you know, transcends down from generation to generation and they become this particular baby and that particular baby. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to have no earthly explanation babies. Yes. Right. Well, I hope, uh, I wish we were 34 years old again. That would be a lot of fun. But anyways, let's get on to uh, today's episode. So, you know, you're right. We did have to do a timely episode because uh, I believe the last episode that came out uh, two weeks ago was the UAP report. And then literally days after the UAP report, we're now getting balloons knocked out of the sky like crazy, like we've never seen before. So let's let's kind of dive into this for a minute. If this is coincidental or you know, if there's something to this and, and just to kind of fill, fill in the audience a little bit, the first one that really made the news was the Chinese spy balloon. 
that was going across the country that seemed like every day that was the news story and why we weren't shooting it down. So I think we, we first heard about it when it was over Montana. It wasn't shot down until it was over the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of South Carolina. Correct. And, you know, so I guess credible enough evidence to know that this was a Chinese spy balloon. Um, I'm not really clear right now whether the Chinese are saying it was or a weather balloon or a special yes, project. They, they, uh, they, they pretty much have acknowledged that it was just a, uh, a standard weather balloon on their part. And it's just that uh, it got away from them. It got caught up in the, in the, uh, the jet stream. And it came in off of China and then up through Alaska, up through uh, the Bering Straits, through Alaska, and then down through Canada, and then came down into Montana. And as you described, it was allowed to essentially get, you know, move throughout the entire United States. And uh, what I find, as far as the first red flag, the first sign that they were not being upfront that the Pentagon slash government was not telling us the truth when there was a press conference and it was Brigadier General Patrick Riley who said that, well, the reason we're not bringing it down is out of concern for people that we are, you know, very, you know, concerned about where we would bring this down and we just don't want to hurt anybody. And that's after it's traveled through hundreds of miles of unpopulated area through the central part of the country. And so we knew that was not being totally honest with the American right. people, with the American media. And then the questions about why are they permitting this if they accept that it indeed is of Chinese design and it has propellers and it has solar panels on it. So it has a specific mission and we're allowing it to travel directly over very sensitive nuclear strategic air commands, such as in uh, Montana. Why are we allowing this? And that those questions still remain unanswered. After now two weeks, we still are not being told the truth as to yeah. what the mission was on the part of the Chinese and why our own Pentagon allowed this to happen. For sure. And since that balloon, we've had the Lake Huron balloon, which was shot down over, over Michigan, <clears throat> and the Alaska balloon, and then the Canada Yukon Territory balloon. Yukon Territory. Yeah. And then for the Pentagon to acknowledge as of yesterday that they have called off the recovery operations, specifically for the one in Alaska and the one in the Yukon in Canada, that they are irretrievable, that they are in such rough terrain that how convenient in that we will call off the recovery operations. Well, why did they think of that when they knew full well where they were bringing these down? The same as far as over Lake Huron, that they would bring it down over a body of water and that they would potentially eliminate the chances of recovering the actual balloon. Right. In other words, it's like it's all staged. It's all to ensure that 
there would be no balloon or any remnants of any balloon or any other object that could be presented to the public. So there again, they are generating more questions than they are providing answers. And how typical of the government. For sure, for sure, yeah. Very odd. Of course, the Canadian government did ask the U.S. to shoot down that balloon, which I also thought was really was really interesting. Um, but I, you know, for me, you know, obviously, when this started to happen, there's going to be a million conspiracy theorists out there. I mean, these things could be balloons that were launched from high schools in the science class. Like it could, they could be things that simple. But one of the things that really I think bothers me about this is the precedent that's being set that many of these objects are being shot down before they've been identified, at least from what we're hearing. And is that a danger? You know, shoot first, ask questions later. That's so worked out so, (laughs) so well in history, right? And as it turns out, it's like uh, killing an ant with a 45 pistol, a a 45 caliber pistol. Uh, we're, we're using F-22s, we're using F-16 pi, uh, fighter planes, and we're using Sidewinder missiles to take down what a single bullet prick would bring down, if indeed these are all balloons. And I'm not suggesting that they're anything more sophisticated than balloons, not for a second, but we only have vid- visual and video of the Chinese spy balloon, the first one. We have nothing of the subsequent three. We only have the government's uh, acknowledgement that they were tracking these unknown objects that were coming in once again from Alaska. And the one shot down over Alaska, the other one over the Yukon territory of uh, Western Canada, and then the other one over Lake Huron. And then we only have the pilot's testimony that has been, again, released by the same government. We don't have any of the pilots available for comment or uh, answering questions. And so we're taking the Pentagon slash the government's word for what took place. Yeah. And just like the two F-16s that were scrambled out of Truex Airfield in Madison, Wisconsin, to bring down the, again, the octagonally shaped balloon, as it was described to us, over Lake Huron. We only have the word of the government. We only have the word of the Pentagon. And even those two F-16s, if not for people on the ground, that when they returned back to Truex, and notice that each fighter was missing a Sidewinder missile. We would not even know that it took two of them to bring down this this one lone balloon. And now that it's a a hobby group down in in, uh, Illinois that is claiming responsibility for that balloon, that $12 balloon nonetheless. Yeah. And if we spent close to a million dollars to bring it down. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
insane insane you know i get i get the thing about airspace rules and things like that like even small hobby drone enthusiasts have to abide by certain rules when flying a drone you know you can't fly them too high you can't fly them near airports there have to be lights on them there's a lot of things that you have to do and at the beginning of kind of the drone movement with hobby enthusiasts you actually had to get a license uh from the FAA to even be able to fly drones. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think commercial flyers of drones have to get those, those FAA licenses, but, but balloons are sort of out of control now in the, in kind of the, the private world and the educational institutions and, and also in, uh, you know, kind of big companies. You just, these days, you never know if someone's going to launch a rocket or a balloon someplace and what the ramifications of that might be. Um, but supposedly we have the technology now to see these balloons like we didn't before. So a week before the UAP report, we couldn't see these things, but now we can suddenly, (laughs) the government has the tech to see these things, right? And yet, as any meteorologist, anyone who is familiar as far as with any of the corporations, that daily launch balloons, the military themselves, the National Weather Service, there are over 150 balloons that are launched each and every day. And with the expectation that once they are launched, you will never see them again, that they will rise to a certain altitude, the helium will take them as far as up into the uh, jet stream and they're not shot down they just are forever lost. Some will even travel so far as they'll get caught up and they may even orbit around the planet a number of times. As yeah. long as the helium, as long as the upper winds keep them aloft. But that all of a sudden now they become a threat. All of a sudden is as though we're dealing with a surprise balloon attack. And the fact that, and here's the most curious thing, Todd, that it was the Pentagon, it was the government that immediately labeled them UFO. And some, like the spokesperson at the Pentagon, actually acknowledged that we may be dealing with aliens. They may be extraterrestrial because we can't identify them. And it's like... They're testing the waters. They're seeing just how much of this tripe, this dribble, the public would believe, would accept. Well, the public didn't accept it. It was the mainstream media that then took it to that same level. And they too were using the term UFO. It wasn't the UFO community. It was the government slash military and the mainstream media. Yeah. So they were the ones that were perpetrating this false flag. It was not the what the media would call the tin hat crowd, not by a long shot. And, and there too, much to the credit of the American public, they were accepting that these were nothing more than very prosaic, very conventional balloons that are up there every day. And yeah. just over, and as though overnight, they were playing this up to serve as some new threat. Well, it was actually a diversion, a new distraction. 
And all one has to do is look at what's in the, in the news at the moment, and they're diverting all attention away from anything that may damage uh, Washington, the politicians in Washington, and what's going on at the Pentagon. For sure, absolutely. Um, I like you, you use the term false flag with it. I like to use the term misinformation sometimes for things like this. I believe yes. back in one of our first episodes in the first season of this uh, podcast, I had statistics for uh, the amount of reported UFO sightings and how um, you just, they're kind of bulging now bigger than ever. And that was over a year ago when we launched the, the podcast. Now reports are, are, are up even more. And I think that, uh, I think one thing that's really fascinating about these balloons, you know, I think the Chinese balloon is the only one you can see from the ground. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that was the only one. We were talking about that earlier. It's the only one that we have any actual ground visual. Everything right. else, we're just taking the word exactly. of the government, even saying there were three other objects. And now for them to conveniently say, well, we're calling off the re retrieval, the recovery operations, because the terrain is too difficult. Yep. It's over Lake Huron, and we'll have to wait maybe a wash up someday. Yeah. Again, it's it's too contrived. It's like it's like it's scripted. It's professional wrestling all over again. Yeah, yeah. The nothing to see here uh, aspect yeah. of this. I, I think it's uh, it's interesting. You know, you flood the market with so much information like this that you'll never find anything truthful in all that. And uh, and I, and I think you have to do that when you really want to cover something up. You flood the world with so much misinformation that no one has the time to sort through it all. If there is one real Chinese spy balloon, let's say that the other three, there's now three more balloons. We don't know what they are, you know? So it's, uh, it's, I think it's a, it's an interesting, um, interesting way the government approaches this. Well, and, and playing off of, again, the gullibility and the ignorance of the general public, but again, and their fear. Much, yeah, and their fear. And that's it, exactly, Todd. They they will play up the fear element because that's where they will get the greatest and easiest compliance with the public, with the local politicians, as far as to take their marching orders, and by playing up that fear. And that's what they tried to do with this. That these balloons were somehow a threat. Fear and is a great thing. Oh, good. Go ahead, no, please. Well, I was just going to jump in. You know, the the aspect of using fear to control people. We've just seen this happen with COVID, and I'm going to tell you an interesting story about Dr. Fauci. So, a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, Dr. Fauci was at times very important in the medical community. And really one of the uh, most important times that, that Dr. Fauci was active uh, like he was through COVID was during, um, AIDS, AIDS, was during AIDS. AIDS. Right. And the thing is, is that the only way that you could really instill how bad HIV and AIDS were was to instill fear in people. And that fear campaign worked. You had to scare yes. people into thinking they were going to die of AIDS. 
to, and they needed to stop doing certain things that might contribute to AIDS spreading. And that right. campaign worked. So where there could have been millions and millions of lives lost and said there were only hundreds of thousands of lives lost. And, and, and what Fauci did was he replicated that campaign for COVID. You had to terrify people, lock them into isolation, make them get, you know, uh, their, their, uh, their shots, their immunizations to keep it from spreading because where we did have deaths as a result of COVID, there could have been far more deaths. So the fear aspect, those fear campaigns do work in a way. The the scary part of this is is what is this fear campaign for? (laughs) Is it for a a looming war with China? Is it an invasion from people from the other side of the galaxy? What what are we what do we need to fear this time? I'm curious. Or, um, and I I pointed this out in a number of interviews during. Uh, this last week, that um, through the course of the balloon situation here and in Canada, this these last two weeks, there were five that I'm aware of spy balloons, Russian spy balloons that were shot down over Kiev, Ukraine. And I saw the pictures and you could see the corner reflectors and these are typically used in deflecting radar and causing ground to air missiles to go off course. Hmm. But nonetheless, it, 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 uh, it, it will cause you to fire more at something that once again, the most minute forms of defense mechanisms would be necessary. But what you're basically doing is you're putting very economical, very cheap hardware over a populated area and you're causing them to expend their most expensive firepower, their air to ground missiles, their ICBMs, to bring down something that you are spending thousands of dollars on the dollar to bring down. So it's, it's tactfully, it's, it's, it's very smart. Yeah. And is that's what, is that what's happening here? Because we have, we have now to date, we have used now five expensive missiles at the tune of about $400,000 a piece. And then we're using, if you figure just the airtime alone, like an F-22 fighter, it's $85,000 an hour, and F-16 is $25,000 an hour. So we're talking upwards of a million dollars over yeah. this recent panic attack over a bunch of alleged balloons. So what are they preparing us for? What are we getting ready for? Is it going to be an EMP attack? Is it just testing the waters as to what the public accept they believe? And does it become part of their playbook, their agenda? And that's what, as you point out, Todd, we have to be all the more vigilant over, all the more concerned for the future. What was this a dry run for? What are they preparing, not us, but seeing just how gullible, see how far the American people will go 
What is that level of fear that they need to achieve before we once again fall in lockstep and we listen to exactly what they tell us to do? Well, Don, we've been uh, we've been talking about these balloons and other things for nearly an hour, so we should probably uh, wrap it up. So I'll do the uh, the Brit Barbieri wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to do her closing justice. She does such a good job at it. But, uh, you know, uh, first, yeah, first off, no earthly explanation. You can find us on uh, Facebook or Instagram uh, at those handles. Uh, you can get our podcast nearly anywhere that you, people subscribe to podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. There's a million of them out there. We're on right now. So definitely uh, tune in to, uh, to listen to our past episodes, all our future episodes. And uh, you can find Don at Don47Tom on Instagram. And you can find Don on Facebook at Donald Raymond Schmidt. And you can find me out there all over uh, social media everywhere under Metatomics just type that in. I pretty much own that word these days. So (laughs) you can find anything I'm working on or doing through that for sure. But Don, this has been a lot of fun. I hope we get to uh, co-host together again in the future. Oh, I have no doubt. And uh, you're always invited and even to offer your commentary and uh, your questions through the course of uh, a regular show between Britt and myself. You're, you're always, you're always welcome. For sure. All right. Well, we'll do this again soon. Thank you, Todd. Thank you so much for filling in for Britt. And the next time, uh, Britt and I will be back once again looking into the phenomenon that defies conventional explanation. And join us for another episode of No Earthly Explanation. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi everyone, I'm Todd Fisher, the host of the Cult Following Podcast. Cult Following is a podcast that studies the personalities and common traits of cult leaders and their followers. Get the real story behind these infamous and oftentimes tragic cults from a new perspective through exhaustive research and from interviews with people that were there. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and Anthony Smith and is distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure and visit the official website for Metacortex Publishing at metacortexpublishing.com or find us on social media for other unique content.